Well, 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 what a Wednesday we have here. Welcome back to the Lockdown Wolverines podcast. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. I am also the publisher of Wolverines Wire, a part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, this is part of Lockdown, uh, Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Huge show for you today. Uh, we got a big game coming up tonight. Michigan hosting, number seven Michigan hosting, number 11 North Carolina. Was not a close game a year ago, but uh, this year, it's, uh, you hope that Michigan is a lot better. Obviously, Michigan went all the way to the uh, national championship game last year. North Carolina didn't. Uh, so, uh, But uh, there's a lot of uh, issues at hand going into this game, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But then for the rest of the show, huge special guest. Very excited to bring him on the program. Andy Staples, who you've heard on Sports Illustrated, or you've seen read on Sports Illustrated and heard on Playbook on ESPNU Radio on SiriusXM, uh, one of my favorites. We'll be joining the show. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the aftermath of um, Michigan Ohio State. We'll put that to bed before too long. Obviously, it's going to take a minute considering there's no football, other football to talk about. Uh, we could talk about. Uh, Devin Bush, player of the uh, defensive player of the year, and but we'll get into all the awards and all that kind of stuff tomorrow once the offensive awards are announced tonight. Deal? I think that sounds like a better way to go. But let's start off with uh, with basketball because uh, we do need to start transitioning somewhat into basketball. Uh, I would imagine that I mean we're still probably going to talk football once we get into full basketball season, we're still going to talk football, I'd say still 60% of the time, but we are definitely going to tackle basketball. There will be points, I'm sure, when we are only talking basketball, but it's, uh, I I know how it goes. Football is the thing that uh, people want to hear about, but maybe not as much right this second, given the recent debacle from Saturday. But, uh, Hey, before we get into that, Michigan's ranked number seven. There's always the chance, if uh, it's an unlikely chance, but say Northwestern beats Ohio State, say Texas beats Oklahoma again, and Alabama beats Georgia, then uh, that's not super unlikely. Alabama's likely to beat Georgia. Texas could beat Oklahoma again. They did it once. Northwestern is probably unlikely to beat Ohio State. But Michigan could be right there in the playoff. I doubt it. Someone reached, a couple people reached out to me in the middle of the night. I woke up this morning and said doubtful to pretty much every response of that kind. Anyway, so uh, that said, um, basketball, Michigan, North Carolina tonight, 9 p.m., at Chrysler Center, which is far too late to have a game. But, all right, cool. Hook them. Uh, it's, again, for the second time within a week, the number one defense in the country versus the number two offense. Unfortunately, it didn't work out on the football side, but maybe it will work out on the basketball side. North Carolina likes to run, and they like to score points. John Beeline said on uh, said on Tuesday that it's like a freight train. That they come at you like a freight train. That's what Roy Williams was like at Kansas. That's what he's like at North Carolina. 
They're versatile. They can play small. They can do all kinds of different things. But Michigan is versatile as well. He says Michigan can play small as well. And uh, obviously they can they can run and gun if need be. But that is obviously not the game they want to play. The big thing is getting back and setting on defense. This is going to be an interesting game because it's one thing when you, you did it against Villanova, who was at that time seven in the country, I believe. Seven or nine or something like that. They were a top ten team. You played some good teams, but maybe not full strength. I believe Providence wasn't full strength, if I'm not mistaken. This is a little bit different because this is North freaking Carolina, right? They're number 11. They lost to Texas. But at, at the same time, you look at a game like this and it's like... Michigan could and should win. It's awesome that they're coming up here. John Beeline talked about how... They, it's a home and home, but they didn't set it up as a home and home. It just happened to work out that way with the uh, the Big Ten ACC challenge. But yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's really cool. They get to come here to Michigan. How often do you see a North Carolina team up here at Michigan? Hopefully, Chrysler is rocking because that's one of the things that needs to also change. Talking with. Uh, Talking with my friend Serena, for instance, like she, like we both talked about how Michigan basketball does not get enough love, considering the success that John Beeline has had. hasn't won a national championship yet, but has had two national championship Final Four appearances for the Wolverines since arriving in Ann Arbor. They have been to the Elite Eight as well. They have been to the Sweet 16, all the while with teams that a lot of times people don't think will contend. Recently, I, I mentioned this to someone, I can't remember who, and they said, well, they almost lost to they almost lost to Houston in round two. So what? They still went to the national championship game. The the 2012 team that, that went almost lost to Kansas. It doesn't matter if you almost lose as long as you win. In advance, survive in advance. It's not... Well, it would be a really good national championship game, except for the round of 32, we got really close. So, this one feels fraudulent. That's not how it goes. It'd be one thing if you barely hang on in round two and then and then you end up losing in round three. Okay, fine. Michigan didn't do that. They won the rest of their games. But Chrysler, just as much as the big house, actually more so as the, than the big house, can become a mausoleum early on in the season because the big house at least fills. It's just that when Western Michigan and SMU are in town, everyone sits on their hands and their vocal cords don't work unless Michigan's on is going for it on fourth down. Chrysler gets animated. It can get it'll get loud to a degree, even when there's nobody there. That's just the problem, that there's nobody there. I still don't expect this to be a sold-out crowd tonight. I implore you to buy tickets and go if you're even on the fence for it. Because Michigan basketball has been a very exciting product 
over the last couple of years. It's getting better and better in my eyes. It should be back to where it was in like 2013-2014 when going to Chrysler for a Big Ten game felt like going to the Palace for a going-to-work Pistons game. And you know what? You got a very similar product. You got a, a team that goes out there and plays stout defense and can still hit you up offensively. I think one of the more exciting prospects in that light is Ignis Bredzikis. Bredzikis, rather. 20, 20 points a game the last two games. He's averaging just shy of six rebounds a game. True freshman. Says the lights aren't too big for him. Starting to really turn it on. And a lot of that comes from the leadership that he's getting from guys like uh, like Xavier Simpson and Charles Matthews. And I asked John Beeline about that yesterday. And, and he said that, you know what, they're very Zach Novak-like. They for, are forcing their guys to come in and do defense. They're like, hey, this is this is how we do things. This is what you are going to do, and it's it's you've been huge for him. So anyway, big game tonight. Um, wish we had more time to preview it, but we do have Andy Staples from Sports Illustrated and ESPN Radio coming up, and that is super exciting. We don't want to dilly dally or dawdle. Anymore, and I love using all these old timey terms. Now, you don't want to watch a game like this one tonight. You need to watch it. If you're sick of paying for 20 channels that you never watch when you just want to see your team win, well, guess what? Sling TV is the best way to watch both college basketball and college football. $30 a month, you can get ESPN, which is what the game is on tonight, Pac 12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Stream your big screen or all to, to all of your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked On Wolverines listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. And coming back after the break, you don't want to miss it, Andy Staples coming up next. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, you know my next guest from Sports Illustrated, one of my favorite writers over there. And you also know him from ESPNU Radio on SiriusXM Channel 84, the co-host of Playbook, the esteemed Andy Staples. How are you doing today, Andy? Good. I also do a little writing at uh, Sports Illustrated. Oh, that, did I not say that? I thought I opened with that. Oh, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. You cut out for a second. I was like... The, the, the parent company might get mad, so I gotta <laughs> I gotta throw in a plug. No, of course. I said I said si dot com. I didn't go full on Sports Illustrated. Ah, so I got you. Got you. That's absolutely fair. So first, and the most important thing that I have to ask you 
is when you are in Ann Arbor, what is your favorite place to go and eat? That's hard. There's a lot of good choices in Ann Arbor. It's, the place I go to every time is not necessarily like the best food place in Ann Arbor, but it, it's one of my favorite places for this particular category of food. And it happens to be really close to Michigan Stadium uh, is beer camp. Like I love beef jerky, mm-hmm. and they have some of the best beef jerky on earth. So I go there a lot. But I mean, Zingerman's is great. I kind of like to go to the Jolly Pumpkin, and I know that's not just in Ann Arbor. I know they, they got a couple around Michigan, but uh, it's just a good beer and good food. I can't really can't really beat that. You know, beer camp is someplace I've never been to, so I'm gonna have to make that a destination sometime this week. That's uh Oh, it's right by the stadium. Yeah, it's it's really yeah, really close to Schembechler Hall. I know it's it's just down state, right? Yeah. Yep. And I mean if you're heading back toward the interstate, it's right there and um so Well, I'm gonna have to make that a stop soon. Uh we uh we talked before the game uh about how Michigan and Ohio State they seemed like it seemed like Michigan on paper should win that game, but we were all waiting for Ohio State to put together the perfect game, and it just didn't seem likely that it would happen against a Michigan defense that really was holding pretty much every team at face to its worst or no worse than third worst output of the season. Obviously, you you saw what happened. Everyone saw what happened. What was your takeaway? What? Why did Michigan? come out and not be able to do what it's basically done all season long against the Buckeyes? Well, they haven't played a team as athletic as Ohio State. And they haven't played a team as fast as Ohio State. And then when it became clear Ohio State had figured out a way to leverage its speed and create a, a big advantage, Michigan didn't adjust. And, you know, if, if you don't adjust against a team like that, they're going to keep doing the thing that works. Although for some reason, Michigan didn't continue to do the thing that worked on offense, but uh, Ohio state did not make that mistake. You know, that those shallow crosses were killing them, you know, early in the game, Michigan didn't do anything to, to change anything. And so they just kept hitting them time after time after time. And it kind of, kind of exposed the differences between the Ohio state roster and Michigan roster. Michigan has some, some, highly elite players, you know, Chase Winovich, Sean Gary, uh, Devin Bush, but top to bottom, Ohio state is faster and more athletic. And so they were picking on everybody else. And that's something you, you've got to scheme around that. If you're good, if you're getting out athleted, you have to scheme it. And it didn't appear that they had thought, well, what are we going to do if they start to out-athlete us? Mm. Yeah, that's uh, definitely astute. And offensively, you mentioned about how Michigan didn't do the thing that could work. Were you surprised, as surprised as well, I was? They, no, they did it at the end of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. They spread out. They didn't really even speed up. They were still huddling. But they did spread out. They, they had some four-wide sets. They had... Uh, three wide, one tight end, and one back. And Ohio State struggled with that. And I don't know why they didn't just keep it up. <laughs> you know, uh, they, they came back out in the second half and uh, kept trying to establish the run. The run wasn't working. So, but what was working is if you spread them out and throw deep. Mm-hmm. Let, 
let Shea Patterson move around a little bit because that's what he's good at. And I just, I'm sure it was very frustrating for all the Michigan fans to watch because there were things they could have been doing to make that better. I don't know if it would have won the game, but it would have made it closer and less embarrassing. Now, what were you at least surprised as I was that we saw you know those that three game gauntlet that no one thought. And I, I remember before the season you, you were talking on playbook about how those three games in the middle of the season for Michigan was going to be really, really difficult and really daunting against Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Penn State. Of course, those teams didn't end up, save for Penn State, didn't end up being nearly what was anticipated. But Michigan came out with a much different-looking offense in those three weeks and used Shea Patterson quite a bit in the run game. And this game, they came out, and mostly just kind of said, all right, Karan Higdon, we're going to hit you. You know, you're going to carry the ball in the middle, mostly dive plays, maybe slightly off tackle, but with Ohio state struggling in the, uh, on the edges and at the perimeter, was that as surprising to you as it was to me that Michigan just did not even seem to attempt anything that, uh, that Ohio state seemed deficient at defensively. Well, yeah. And like I said, that end of the second quarter is when they did and it worked. They went down and scored, and then they kicked off, and, and the guy muffed the, the, the fair catch, and uh, and then they wanted to get another easy touchdown. But they never did it again. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't – they just didn't make any – like, come out in the third quarter doing exactly what worked at the end of the second quarter instead of going back to what didn't work in the first quarter. That That's the part that, that kind of mystified me. Uh, and – if that's how they're going to play it, they're never going to beat them. Mm-hmm. Because Ohio State's always going to have the best athletes in the Big Ten. So they're always going to be up for that particular game. You know, they can go get blown out by Purdue or, or you know, squeak by Maryland, but they are going to be as up as they're ever going to be for the Michigan game. So you, you have to expect that you will get the best shot of this group of athletes. There's only three programs that have those kind of athletes, and it's Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. And Georgia is is joining them, is in the process of joining them, and probably will be there by, by next season. But that's it. Nobody else is like that. And if you're going to beat those teams, you have to outsmart them because you're not going to out-athlete them. And Michigan lined up and was like, we're going to, go toe-to-toe and outslug you and you're not (laughs) they recruit better all right we need to go to a quick break uh but is your company looking for a new way to reach customers your company could be mentioned right now podcast listeners are 60 percent more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast our demographic is 98 percent male and has more education and earns more than traditional media audiences have your company sponsor this podcast. Email me at LockdownWolverines at gmail.com. Uh, coming up, we're obviously going to finish up talking with a little bit more Andy Staples. Stay tuned for that. All right, we are back. And uh, let's continue with, uh, with Andy. So Michigan's bringing in a lot of it seems like they alternate between their classes. They have a class like the one they're currently bringing in that is a uh, is looking like it could be a top five class when it's all said and done. 
Right yeah. now it's ranked the best in the Big Ten. There's a couple five stars on the table that they are anticipating on bringing in. But, what, but Ohio what, State never alternates. Exactly. That's, yeah, Alabama never alternates. Clemson never alternates. Georgia, you know, under Kirby Smart, has not alternated. Uh, that's the issue. I mean, most normal teams, yes, have those. They'll, they'll have a great class, and then either because the class size is weird or the positions they're looking for are a little bit different, they, they just won't get the same level of recruit. And then the next year they'll they'll be back up. But when you're playing one of those abnormal teams that <laughs> that just gets everybody every year, it's it's a struggle. I mean, that you have to, and and this is in a difficult situation because of the motivation thing I was talking about earlier. They're never going to be able to catch Ohio State napping like these other teams can, because mm. we know it's possible. And we saw it with Iowa last year. We saw it with Purdue this year. We know it's possible that that sometimes they just don't show up. But the problem is they always show up for Michigan. So that that's the the challenge for Jim Harbaugh and his staff, and it's it's not easy. I mean, I. I, I see everybody just completely bagging on Harbaugh this week, but look, he's made the program better. It is a very daunting task to create a team that can beat that group of athletes when they are properly motivated. Now, what what do they have to do? Obviously, Michigan fans are very up in arms as you can imagine after this uh after the way that game went with the expectation being that Michigan was finally going to get its first win since 2011 against the Buckeyes and obviously like i mentioned they're bringing in they're bringing in players they're trying they're they're bringing in a lot of guys that Ohio State wants but what else do they have to do why should Michigan fans not be necessarily in the super doldrums if you know what I'm saying, if, you know, not yeah, as down as I there. Mean, look, they, they, they're on the right track. The kind of defense they play, you know, they're, they're going to be great against most teams. They just, they do need to make, you know, be able to make some adjustments against Ohio State if Ohio State seems to find a thing that's working. You know, mo- most teams, Michigan doesn't even need to adjust. They're, they're getting to the quarterback. Part of the problem for Michigan on Saturday was Ohio State's offensive line, which has not been particularly great all season played its best game of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Michigan plays one high safety. They play man because they think their pass rush is going to get home, and usually it does. Either they get a sack or they force a quarterback into a throw he doesn't want to make, and that's how they force turnovers. They just didn't get to Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, I think part of that is Dwayne Haskins the week before had shown himself to be a willing runner, which means you have to respect that more. And then I, I think the first play of the game, when Dwayne Haskins pulled the ball on a, on a read option and went for nine yards, sort of announced, hey, this is going to be an option for me all day, so you, you better account for it. And that's another thing that makes it hard to pin your ears back on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michigan's ranked number seventh in the newest college football playoff ranking. You think that's a fair spot for, for the Wolverines to end the season? Uh, obviously a lot of fans don't feel that's the case given the way that Michigan lost, but yeah, I mean, you look at the teams that are around, I think if McKenzie Milton had gotten hurt for UCF, UCF might've been a spot above them, but no, this, this seems perfectly fair. And Michigan is going to get to go to a nice bowl game. Uh, if Ohio State makes the playoff, Michigan will go to the Rose Bowl. If Ohio State doesn't make the playoff, Michigan will, will wind up in the peach of the Fiesta. So uh, I think, 
I think it's a good year. And it's frustrating because of the way, you know, it's bookended by those two losses, Notre Dame and, and Ohio State. But they're, they're getting there. I just – they've got to get over the hump eventually against Ohio State, and then maybe next year's the year. You know, I think they've recruited well enough that they're going to break through eventually. But unfortunately, like I was saying earlier, you still have to play an almost perfect game against – that team on that day because if you're Michigan, you get a different Ohio State than everybody else gets. Yep, that's exactly what it seems that happened. Uh, and every single thing that I said Michigan had to do in this game, they did not do. They played, they were outplayed on in all three phases, really. So, yeah. Yeah, Shane had a pretty tough game, too. I mean, he, he'd been playing really well and he was leaving a lot of passes short or, or throwing behind people. When, when they were open, if he could, I'm, I'm sure he's kicking himself the past few days because if he connects on a few of those things, it's a pretty different ball game. And with that in mind, last thought: if where where do you see Michigan next year? Should I'm assuming that Shea Patterson comes back, which is not anywhere close to a sure thing at this juncture, uh, and well, it, it, you know at least I, half I the know, defense. I'm actually not worried about them at quarterback. I you know whether it's Shea Patterson or Joe Milton. I think they're they're going to be fine at quarterback, and you know obviously Rashawn Gary will be gone, Winovich, Devin Bush, but they've recruited well enough that they can replace those guys. There are people in the pipeline uh, who will who will be able to step in. Don Brown is going to still be Don Brown, and you're going to have a really good defense. The the skill guys I think that they've been recruiting will probably continue to be an upgrade year after year and you know it, if, if it's Shay and he stays and he matures a little bit and, and gets even better that's great if it's Joe Milton I mean you look at his raw skill set I think he could be very good too so uh, and then you get Dylan McCaffrey back so I think they're in a pretty good spot I mean it, it's still going to be them in Ohio State I, I, and I do think Penn State is, is due for a, a bit of an uptick after this past season you know, you look at it. This other than the Michigan game, where, where it was just horrible for them, they weren't that bad. Uh, they they probably think it was an awful season, but they weren't that bad. And the way they've been recruiting, I think they're going to have a left hip. So uh, you're probably looking at at Ohio State, Michigan, and, and Penn State at the top of that division again. And uh, unfortunately for Michigan, until they can they can knock off those guys and start with Gray, it, it, it's not going to matter. All right. Well, thank you, Andy. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's obviously a little bit of a downtime. Focus is now yeah. turning to basketball. Sorry to be such a nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, kind of the nature of how it's uh, how this week and probably until uh, the bowl game is announced on Sunday, uh, how it's probably gonna how it's probably gonna feel for Michigan fans. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a Michigan fan, I, I would imagine you're rooting hard for Texas this week because Ohio State would would probably make the playoffs if Texas beats Oklahoma and Ohio State beats Northwestern and then you got Michigan in the Rose Bowl against Utah and Washington. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's that's the that's the hope. I'd like to personally go uh, go back uh, to Pasadena and I know a lot of Michigan fans would love that considering it's been since 2007, 2006, 2007 since the Wolverines have been there. But uh, thank you, Andy. Really appreciate it. Uh, really excited to have you on. That was Andy Staples, Sports Illustrated, 
ESPNU. ESPN Radio, sorry. But uh, that'll do it for today. For the Locked On Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at On Wolverines or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a feature sponsor on the show, please email me at LockedOnWolverines at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, or online at WolverinesWire.com, where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Locked On Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.